Relationships are such a vital part of our lives, but after you lose your sight, some of the dynamics of your relationships can change. So we're going to talk about those changes and how to work through them. And that's coming up today on episode number 14 of Life After Sight Loss Radio. Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. So glad that you're here. This is the place where we talk product reviews, life advice, encouragement, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Hey there, guys. So glad that you've decided to join me this week for this episode. I'm super excited about it as I usually am. Today's episode is brought to you by that gushy feeling you get when you're a high schooler and you see your crush across the library. That's right. (laughs) And that brings us right into our conversation today is all about relationships. Whether it is with your spouse, parent and child, brother and sister, best friend, it doesn't matter. Relationships are such an important part of our lives. But when you lose your sight, it can really affect the dynamics of your relationship. So we're going to talk about that as we go along today and talk about ways that you can work through those dynamic shifts in your relationships. Before we jump into everything, as always, you can find today's show notes, which includes links, images, video information, all that good stuff. You can find it over at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 014. That's lifeaftersightloss.com slash 014. So without further ado, let's jump into a little news and updates. Apple is back at it again, releasing some videos showing real people using their products and more importantly, using the accessibility of their products. Now, Global Accessibility Day was pretty recently back in May, and Apple, of course, did a lot of things to talk about accessibility. They are at the forefront of this, and they released a series of videos with people that are visually impaired, people that have physical ailments, uh, people that are in wheelchairs, different things like that. I think there were about seven of them. I've got a link over in the show notes that uh, will take you to watch all of the videos. I posted one of them on my Facebook, actually, and it was about a, a gentleman who's visually impaired. He He's doing music, and I, I think he's hosting a radio show, and he's cooking for his family, using voiceover and different techniques, and I think he uses C maybe, and it's just really great. So, of course, Apple, I can't say uh, you know good enough things about Apple. I understand they're a corporation, and, and you can have your own opinions about that, but as far as accessibility goes, I got to give it up to Apple. So go over to the show notes, click that link, and check out the videos that Apple produced for Global Accessibility Day. I read a story recently about a family who was going to purchase a car. Now, a quick backstory. The story was written from the vantage point of an adult daughter and her husband going in with her 
parents. Now, her parents, um, you know, it didn't say a whole lot about them, but it did say that the father was clearly blind and had a guide dog. And so they went into the dealer, and basically what was going on was the daughter, their car was sort of crapping out or whatever. And so the mom was like, you know what? We're looking at maybe getting a new, I don't know, Mercedes SUV, I think it was. And so she said, if we can do that, then we'll just sell you our car. And so they went to the dealer. They told the first dealer, like, hey, the mom's like, this is what we're thinking about. You can either sell us a Mercedes or you can give them an economy car. And so the first guy's like, okay, let me get you somebody that can help you with what you need. And she's like, okay. And so the first guy comes out and he's like, yeah, here you're looking for a, you know, an economy car. And the mom's like, yeah, or you can sell us this Mercedes SUV. And so the guy's like, okay. And then he shows him the cheapest car on the lot. And they're like, um, okay, well, that's fine. Can we you know, see something else? And he's like, uh, I'll be back. Well, he leaves and never returns. And so finally they go back into the dealership and they see the first guy. And he's like, uh, did you find what you're looking for? And they're like, no, nobody ever even showed us the Mercedes that we're looking for. And he's like, well, I'm not sure we're going to be able to make that work. And they're like, I'm sorry, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, people in your situation, we just can't make that loan go through. And they were kind of dumbfounded, like, I'm sorry, what What do you mean my situation? And the, the salesman said, well, people that are on disability benefits, you know, they can't usually get a loan. And they were all kind of flabbergasted. And what's really funny is the dad who's there with the guide dog and everything is like, what? Why do you think my daughter's disabled? <laughs> so it just amazes me the the misinformation and the ignorance of people because he automatically assumed that that dad was on disability payments and whether he was or he wasn't wasn't the point. The point was he made a snap judgment about these people like, "Oh, you don't have enough money to buy a Mercedes." Look, if they're going to buy a Mercedes, hey, Let's sell them the Mercedes, you know? It's just a judgment based on the disability. Now, this could go for people in wheelchairs. This could go for people who have physical ailments, visual impairment, whatever. The point is, he made a snap judgment about those people. And I wanted to share that, one, because I thought it was funny. The dad was like, why do you think my daughter's disabled? But two, it's important to remember that the general population has misconceptions and misunderstandings. So we don't want to get angry. We want to educate. Look, we do get angry, but it's important to remember that it's our job to educate. So if you want to read that full story, link, as always, is in the show notes. And finally, a little bit of an update on me and what's going on with everything in my world. I just finished writing my first ebook. Now, I'll go ahead and say this. It's not the longest ebook. It's not the best piece of literature ever in the world, but I do think it's, you know, it's got some good information. I call it Lost in Transition. Basically, it's three key strategies to help you walk through the transition from sighted to visually impaired. Now, if you're interested in picking up this ebook, I'm going to give you a totally free digital copy. All you got to do is sign up to be part of my email newsletter, and you can do that at lifeaftersightloss.com slash newsletter. Now, you might be thinking, oh, great, I got to sign up for something. Are you kidding me? First of all, let me just assure you, I understand that your time is precious. I'm not going to spam you with a bunch of stuff. I've been trying to send out a weekly email just kind of thing, but with all the 
stuff I'm producing, it's kind of hard. So it might end up being like bi-monthly or monthly. Who really knows? But you're not going to get a bunch of spam from me. What you're going to get is information. It's content. It's all that good stuff. So go ahead over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash newsletter. Put in your name and email and you'll get a free digital copy of that ebook called Lost in Transition. And if you're already signed up to be on the email newsletter and you haven't gotten a copy yet, send me an email. Let me know. My hope is that I will have already sent out an email with the link in there, but you never know and life is life. So if you haven't got one and you're already part of the email newsletter, just let me know. So that is the news and updates for this week. Hey, what did you think? Do you have any news and updates you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or send me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. As I mentioned at the top of the show, relationships are such a vital part of our lives. It's so crucial to have good quality relationships. Now, you might be saying, well, I'm not really a relational person. I don't want to hang out with 75 people every night. I'm not saying that you need a lot of relationships. I'm just saying that the ones that you have need to have great quality. You need to invest in those. It may just be a few people. It might be your spouse. It might be your kids. It might be a best friend. You might have 25,000 relationships and you might only have two or three relationships. We're not talking about the quantity. We're talking about the quality. And so relationships, deep quality, sincere, loving, caring relationships, those are so, so important. But when you lose your sight, when the family goes through sight loss, it can really affect the dynamics of the relationships in that family. So today, I thought I'd go through just some of the dynamics that can change both negatively and positively and how to continue to work through those things as you go through your journey of sight loss. Now, a couple of things up front. Please remember that though this might sound somewhat like I'm talking about spouses, that might be part of it. Remember, this is for every relationship, parent-child, brother-sister, best friends, spouses, uh, if you're dating, if whatever it is, this applies to lots of different relationship types. So it's not just about married couples or anything. Now, I know I end up referring to that because, you know, my wife and I have done that and we've talked on this podcast, but this can apply to lots of different relationships. And also remember, listening to this podcast is not a replacement for really good support in your relationships. This isn't, you know, relationship counseling or something like that. If you feel like you need that, make sure to seek that professional help in your area because typically what I've found is that sight loss is just one of the things going on and it really just exacerbates all the other problems. So make sure to seek out a professional in your area. All right, that being said, let's jump into it. The first shift in dynamics, the first thing that can happen is that people can start arguing more than they ever have. You might be in a relationship where you everything was hunky-dory, everything was sunshine and roses all the time, and all of a sudden after sight loss, maybe two or three months into it, man, you are arguing like crazy. And sometimes you don't even know why you're arguing. You're like, why are we fighting about this? I don't even know, but I'm so mad. And of course, without ever even having to say it out loud, you get mad at sight loss, but you're fighting about, I don't know, the dishwasher or, you know, something that happened that was insignificant. You're really angry at the sight loss. You're angry at the fact that your life has changed and you want to fight. And so that person in your life becomes the person that you fight with because they're, you know, around a lot more or you're dealing with them a lot more. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that arguments can come up a whole lot more whenever somebody goes through sight loss. 
So one way to really sort of combat this is to be open and honest up front with as much as you possibly can. Because you're going to start finding about like, why didn't you empty the dishwasher? Or, hey, why didn't you finish your homework? Or, you know, why did you not come pick me up? Or blah, 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 whatever it is. You're going to be very accusatory. And it could be, um, you know, a lot of different things. You could be the sighted supporter. You could be the visually impaired person. But you might start arguing. And you just have to be upfront and honest and open and say, look, I'm very angry right now. Okay, why are you angry? Well, I'm angry because you didn't do this. Okay, you have to just start sharing those things. Because what happens? is you'll start sharing those things and it'll come out that you're actually probably more upset with the fact that your life has changed because of visual impairment. And again, I suggest if you feel like you need to, make sure to seek out somebody you know close, uh, a personal counselor, a professional therapist, whatever it is. Seek somebody close in your life so they can give you a bit of feedback outside of your own relationship. So that's one thing that starts to change is that arguing can start to take place more than it ever has. The second thing that can happen is distance. Distance can be created when one or more people in a relationship start to pull away. Now, this could be the visually impaired person starting to pull away. Maybe they feel like, oh, I'm just not the same person I always was. I can't do the things I always could do. And so I'm just slowly pulling away. And this could involve depression and anxiety and so forth. It could be the sighted supporter pulling away. Maybe it's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to help. And they just sort of separate themselves because they don't want to create problems more than that already are being created by the sight loss itself. So distance can really take place and that can be such a horrible thing because then relationships start to fall apart in such a slow burn kind of way. And so you don't want distance to sort of separate you over and over and over until you finally realize, wow, we are so far apart, I didn't even realize it. And so again, the way to combat this is to be very upfront with things. Like, hey, look, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm so lost. And, you know, here I am. And if you're on the visually impaired side, you're like, look, I don't feel like I'm the same person. I don't feel like I can even offer anything to this. And so you got to be upfront and honest because whenever you start doing that, you start to pull yourself together instead of creating distance. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go to each other and be like, look, you need to tell me how to be in this relationship. Sometimes you just got to figure it out. But at the end of the day, if you're upfront, if you're honest, if you're open, if the communication lines are open, then that will help to, I don't know, squelch that distance a little bit. I'm not going to say it's going to magically fix it if you have two or three nice conversations, but it will start the process of pulling you together instead of separating you or pushing you apart. So that's another dynamic. Distance can certainly be created after sight loss. Another thing that can happen and shift in relationships is that role reversal or role change. For example, if one spouse was always the driver and then they lose their sight, the other spouse becomes the designated driver, if you will. Or let's say that a parent loses their sight and they have a little bit of an older child. That child might start to help out in situations where they hadn't before. And again, I don't mean that they're going to be the maid or the servant or whatever. They're just going to shift a little bit in roles. Please bear in mind, I'm not talking about gender roles. I'm not talking about stereotypical roles like that. I'm just talking about how it works in your relationship. And so it might affect how things play out in the long run. And it's important to remember that your identity is not defined by your purpose. I did a whole podcast episode recently about finding identity, which I'll link in today's show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 014. But basically, we find our purpose 
And then we are defined by that. And when that sort of goes away or changes in any way, shape, or form, then our identity is crushed. And it's important to remember that your identity has not changed. You are who you are. You are who you are in this relationship, in your life, in your family, whatever it might be. And so just because you're not driving anymore or you're not doing the things you always did like you always did doesn't mean that your whole relationship now is doomed and is over. Your roles might be shifting just a little bit, but the life that you live can be and should be just as awesome as it ever was, still learning to go with the flow and learning to shift when your life does as well. Now, so far we've covered some negative things that can happen in relationship when somebody loses their sight, but after the break, I'm going to come back and give you a couple of positive things that can take place in your relationship. So stick around. We'll be right back after this. You know, when someone loses their sight, they tend to have a lot of questions. And those questions can range from emotional things, mental things. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? But I really am interested in your questions. What are some of the things that you are asking or have asked in the past whenever you went through sight loss, whether you're the sighted supporter or the VIP? And I would love to hear from you on this. Let me know. Send me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. And let me know, hey, when I lost my sight, these were the questions I had. Or maybe I'm still asking these questions. I haven't gotten answers to them yet because I'm trying to answer some questions in my content. That's the whole purpose of the podcast, the videos, the blog, everything is to answer questions questions, is to help support, is to help people find balance in their lives. So if you've got questions, either you found answers to or you're still looking for, let me know. Send me that email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. And we are back still talking about the dynamics that can change in your relationships after sight loss. Now, we've talked about some negative things, but I thought, you know what? I want to give you a couple of positive things that can actually take place after somebody goes through something like sight loss. The first one is deeper trust. Now, this can happen when somebody has to depend on another person in a much different way than they had to before. And so when somebody loses their sight, especially at first, they're going to have to depend on somebody, somebody that's sighted a little more until they get their bearings, until they, you know, get some independence, until they get some training on different things. And so this can actually play out in a very positive way. It can help each person develop a deeper trust of the other one. The sighted person and the visually impaired person both working together and then both building trust. So the VIP is like, wow, I need to trust you fully and if there's any issues here we got to work them out because I got to trust you and the sighted supporter saying look I need to be able to trust that you're going to take what I give or take what I offer whatever the case is so it can actually build deeper trust now you might have to work through a period of getting through to the deeper trust but in the end it can really build a great bridge Uh, it can build a great whatever you want to call it over to trusting one another in a much deeper way And another positive thing that can take place is you have the ability to be more present. 
Being more present is so important. Look, we live in a world of smartphones and microwaves and TVs and everything else where we want things now, we want to do things, we want to have the ability to go and just be distracted by things. And that's not necessarily a bad thing all the time, but so often we get distracted by the world around us and we don't focus on the relationships right in front of us. But what can happen is when a visually impaired person comes and says, hey, can you help me with this? Then you have to leave the smartphone, the TV, the computer, whatever it is, and help that person. And that can be a great opportunity to actually be really present, to say, hey, yeah, I can help you with that. Now, you might be like, well, it's really annoying that I have to do that now, and I understand and I get it, but don't look at it as annoying. Well, at least look at it as an opportunity to be more present. Try this the next time this happens. If if somebody comes to you and says, hey, can you help me out with this? Try asking a question like, hey, how do you feel right now about having to help me? Or you could ask, hey, how do you feel right now about having to ask for this help? And it might start a dialogue. Maybe it's something simple like that. You know, hey, how do you feel right now going through this? And they might say, well, I uh, I feel terrible or I don't want to do this or, well, I'm, I'm annoyed that I had to stop my TV show or whatever. But the point is you start a dialogue. And the more you do that, the longer the conversations get, the more listening you can do, the more talking you can do, the more sharing you can do, the more communicating you can do. And that's really how you start being more present. You listen, you talk, you communicate. And when you do those things, it can build such wonderful things in you. That's just, I don't know, like surface stuff right there, building a connection with somebody in your life. Because you're going to start building new connections in different ways because sight loss will change the dynamics of your relationship. And so this is a great way to learn, hey, I want to be more present in the relationships that I have. So there you go, my friends, just a few negative and positive ways that dynamics can shift in your relationships after sight loss. Now, again, it's really important to remember that there are so many other things to consider, so many other factors. What was your life like before the sight loss? What were the dynamics then? How did it work? Um, How is it being affected now after the sight loss? There's so much more in there, but it's important to remember that it's probably going to shift. It's probably going to change, and that's okay. Just roll with it. Go with it, and I think we've heard a theme throughout all of these and that's communication. That's learning to communicate with the other person because whenever you communicate, you start to strip away things that really aren't important. For example, you strip away the lies that run in your head. You might say, well, this person is going to leave me or they're going to leave because they don't want to deal with this. And whenever you communicate openly, when you say, hey, I feel like you're going to leave, that person has the chance to say, you know, I thought about it, but I don't want to leave because I love you, or I'm in this for the long haul, or this is hard, but we need to find ways to work through it. I don't want to leave. And so then you start to strip away that lie because it's like, no, that's a lie. I don't want to leave. I'm not going to leave. And so you start to strip away the distance, strip away the lies, and you find the truth. You find, you know, that part of you that really connects on a deeper level. So you have the opportunity, again, like I said before, the opportunity for a deeper connection, deeper trust, a deeper relationship. I like to end every show with my real life retweet, a tweet, a quote, something I found that applies to the show, something you take with you and think about for the rest of the day, something you can send out to your social media people, you know, all that good stuff. So today our quote comes from somebody named 
Tony Collette, who was an actress, Australian. Uh, that was a terrible Australian accent. Anyway, <laughs> our quote today says this, quote, The better you know yourself, the better your relationship with the rest of the world will be, end quote. I think that applies to our episode today so much because understanding who you are is so vital to having good relationships, whether it's your spouse, your kids, your brothers and sisters, your friends. You have to know yourself. And I'll throw in another thing there. You have to love yourself as well. And so our quote today from Tony Collette says, the better you know yourself, the better your relationship with the rest of the world will be, end quote. And so there you go, my friends. Hopefully that quote inspires you and helps you to know yourself just a little bit better after today's episode. Well, we've come to the end of yet another episode, and I'm so excited that you've stuck around all the way to the end. Thank you so much for being part of this journey with me. Uh, I love coming into your ears each and every week. It's such a privilege, so I wanted to say thank you for that. And I also wanted to remind you that if you haven't gotten the chance to subscribe to the podcast, make sure that you do that. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash podcast, and that'll give you links to go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all that wonderful stuff, and I would just so appreciate you if you subscribe because that way you won't miss an episode. You'll hear more great content like this and I'm, I'm just so excited. So make sure to go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash podcast and get all those links. And don't forget to hit me up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff and contact me. You can also go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact and you can find me there. You can let me know how things are going. You can send me a message, you know, all that good stuff. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact. And by the way, if you would be so kind on your social media to share the podcast with your followers, with your likers, with the people that, you know, look at all your stuff, just share it out. Put a link in there and say, hey, listen to this. Check this out because I think it's really good. And I would so appreciate that. Again, we've talked about it before. Doing ratings and reviews in iTunes would be fantastic, but sharing it on social media lets other people know that somebody actually listens to this podcast and shares it with their friends and family members. So go ahead, share that link out and let folks know. Well, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of Life After Sight Loss Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I sincerely appreciate it. Don't forget that you can find the show notes to today's episode, which includes links, information, conversation, images, all the stuff I talked about in this episode. You can find it the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 014. That's lifeaftersightloss.com slash 014. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. I look forward to you coming back and me coming back and making this connection one more time next week. And until then, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one. The information on this podcast and on lifeaftersightloss.com is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area.